Try Paste Pod presents an awkward audio adaptation of Mind Estate by Caleb Nelson. Chapter 3 The Unsettled. Daddy, where are you going? Mother just stood there. Why is she just standing there? My son, I have to go now. You'll understand when you are older. Go. Be with your mother now. Enjoy your time here. Study hard in school. Do your best. I truly hope things will be different someday. I want you to know that I tried. No, don't go. I don't want you to go. Please. He looked back at me with a sad face. Maybe he's angry at me? This is what's best for both of us. I promise. Half dozen dead hands reached out to me, stumbling and groping for me through the blood-smeared, fluorescent-lit meat-cutting room. Despite my nearly overwhelming exhaustion, I made the leave backing my way out of the room as they picked up speed, hobbling towards me. I felt a gnarled hand grip me painfully on the shoulder. I looked around and saw the dirty fingernails attempting to claw into my flesh, and a gaping mouth of crooked teeth moving towards my face, spittle flecking out with a gasping screech. I swung an elbow at the hideous disheveled face, striking bone against teeth. Now the other three were almost upon me. I climbed upon the table which I had just laid upon an hour before. Leaping over their heads, I landed hard on the ground. My ankle. I, I might have sprained it. I ran out the door, and I could hear the scraping, lumbering footsteps behind me. I made for the stairs that brought me to this hellish place, but I realized I didn't know which direction they were. I did smell the dank pool of blood from the cellar, but I didn't know which hallway it emanated from. I chose a path and took it, looking for any signs of relief. Turning corners until I reached a dead end. Would this be my own dead end? No. No. I reached the end of the hallway, and there was one small door. I grabbed the handle and swung it open, but to my dismay, it was merely a closet, empty but for an old sweater. I considered hiding within it, but quickly decided that I would merely seal my doom. I still heard the rambling corpses following me, and I knew I only had seconds before they found me. They rounded the corner. Faster now, they'd gained momentum as they shambled towards me. I was finished. Praying once more to God, I looked up, seeing a window just barely the width of my shoulders, probably just for ventilation. It was still dark outside. Standing on the tips of my toes, I was able to open it, but now the dead were almost upon me. I jumped and scrambled, kicking my legs at their outstretched arms, knowing that if they got a hold of me, they'd pull me back in. I kicked, and I felt my shoes make contact thrice upon their heads and their collarbones, giving me the boost I needed to climb up and out the window. One crawled up immediately after me, its shoulders barely through the window. It grabbed my leg. Its horrid fingernails were a vice grip tearing through my jeans and my flesh. <sighs> I, I yelped in pain. I, 
I slid the window down upon the neck hard. It barely flinched and it continued clawing its way towards me, up my leg. I brought it down again and again. I winced at the crunching sound of its windpipe and the small bones of its spine. Then the smashing of its larynx and esophagus sounded wet. Her head lolled away from her body, teeth still gnashing. The moans of hungering anguish of the others trapped behind me were muffled within the basement. I sighed deep knowing I was relatively safe for the moment. I fell back into the grass and looked up through the fog to the twilight sky and felt the moisture of the dew seep through my shirt onto my back. It was quiet, but for the odd distant croak of a toad. Standing gingerly upon the damaged ankle, I found myself in the midst of the courtyard that must have been out back of the manor. Backing away, still cautious of the ghouls behind me, I made my way towards a tremendously lavish stone fountain. Physically and mentally I was drained. The pain in my side was throbbing, and the pain in my leg was stinging. I approached and peered into the trickling pool. For some reason, perhaps I just was already on edge, my own reflection startled me. I splashed water on my face, and I took a deep breath. Then I heard a voice. Alarmed. I jerked my head around. There was no one in sight. I went to splash more water on my face, and I thought I saw not my own reflection staring back at me, but that of my father. He looked entirely insane, his face bloodied and murder in his eyes. Wait for us. We'll take him together. I'll kill you. I closed my eyes and rubbed them to get the image out. Opening them, I saw the reflection of one of the dead things standing just behind me, wild-eyed and murderous. It must have followed me out of the house. I reacted quickly as it lunged for my neck, and mouth agape with a terrible moan. It toppled over the edge of the fountain. I forced its face to the edge of the stone fountain with my hand. I saw the two others close behind me, and started once again to panic. I stood tall and brought my boot down on the back of the dead thing's skull. Lifting my foot, I saw that it still tried to stand. I brought it down again and again. His face became bloody pulp of rotten meat, dripping onto the ground and into the fountain. I felt the mental strain mounting once again and I noticed myself starting to shake. The other two were almost upon me as I regained my balance. Almost slipping on the newly bloodied boot, I ran. There were multiple voices now. Faint at first, they grew louder as I reached the outskirts of the courtyard and I found myself amongst the trees. There didn't seem to be any source of the voices, not at first. You're a monster. What are you looking You'll for? Get, your chance. get him! Kill him! Where are you going? You'll never make it. There were still two of the rambling dead following me through the trees. Back against a tree, I caught my breath once more. Think, Sam. Think. What do I do? They're dumb and slow. I knew I could use my speed and my wits outmaneuver them. I knew which side of the tree it would come around. I crouched and waited. Moments turned to minutes, and the voices continued. I peered through the trees and saw nothing. Then I felt a hand on the back of my neck, and another quick upon the back of my skull. Its semi-closeness came down hard upon my head. It was so strong, so abnormally strong. I saw exploding stars in my eyes and almost faded to black.
I fell to the ground from my crouch position. The ghoul was on me and I barely kept its mouth away from my flesh with my left arm at its throat. My right arm fell to the side and I found a sturdy inch thick branch. I gripped it, I wound up, and I shoved it through the base of the thing's skull. Rolling out from underneath it, I pushed it deeper into her head. I stood quickly and before I could think, vomited copiously. One hand on the tree next to me, I heard the footsteps of the final undead man. This was the biggest of the lot. I tried to pull the branch from the head of the previous corpse, but it was too stuck, and I broke it in half, further destroying the thing's rotting face and skull. Fight turned into flight again as I turned on a heel and sprinted into the forest, ignoring the pain and my multiple injuries. I slowed down. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw another figure moving through the trees. I turned to my left and saw nothing. A trick of the light? A shadow of a tree in the wind? I stopped to be certain. Another dark figure passed through my view on the opposite side. Who? Who's there? I darted my head back and forth. Once again, a figure on my left. I spun around. Show yourself! A shrouded, shimmery outline of a person stepped out from my right, gliding towards me, reaching out a hand in the dark. No, no, stop. What do you want? But before I could move to escape or attack, another came from the left, another came from behind me, and one more far to its right. Four, five, now six shadowy figures moved towards me. They had no discernible features other than being dark and non-corporeal. They closed in slowly all of them raising one hand towards me. Leave me alone! Get away from me! I couldn't do anything. They had me surrounded. Their ghastly hands all touched me in unison. It felt like ice upon my skin. No, within my skin. They all continued to move towards me and pass into my body. And just as the last one disappeared within me, I saw the zombie once more. No! I couldn't run anymore. The race had done something to me. They broke my will. I pushed back fruitlessly and hobbled my way towards the clearing in the trees. I saw a gravestone and collapsed down next to it. The creature fell atop me. I was an animal, fighting for my life once more. I wrestled my way on top of the mindless man. I felt my fingers slip into its eyes and mouth peeling the flesh from its dead face. With a solid grasp of elastic skin of its face, I swung its full weight into the gravestone next to me. Cracking his skull, his lifeless body went limp. I smashed it several more times into the gravestone, bruising my knuckles, tears at the corners of my eyes. It slowly started to rain. I stood using the gravestone to haul up my weary body, but I was too weak to stay vertical. I toppled over the gravestone, six feet into the grave itself. Freshly dug, I found myself atop the coffin with only about an inch of dirt upon it. Something compelled me to look up at the face of the gravestone. On it read, Samuel Watts? My, my stomach dropped. Was that today's date? Then, then an inscription, rest peacefully until eternity? I turned my gaze to the casket beneath me. I leaned over and opened the lid. It was, it was me. It was my face, every dimple, every feature. I touched it, and it seemed to fall apart at my touch. I must be dreaming. Of, cor of course I'm dreaming. 
This has been a bad dream. I have to wake up. I'm dreaming. I must be. I turned onto my back, lying in my own grave. Seven figures, cloaked in black, stood around me, pointing at me. The one at the foot of my grave was wearing a red cloak. They all pointed towards me. I've never felt this level of fear. It was as if, as if an organ had ruptured within me, and the churning acid of fear began eating through my innards. I passed out. I was standing in infinite black. My hands appeared ethereal amidst the chasm of darkness. You are your father's father. What do you mean? You. You. You are the woman he left my mother for. I am. But to you. But to you. All I am is death. I cannot wait to meet you, to meet you, because you see, because you see, I have been me. I have to tell you something. Your father, your father, he never loved you, never loved you. He never loved you, never loved your mother. He wanted you to know that. You to know that. He made me promise. I tell you, I tell Why? Please, this is all too much. Please, just let me go home. You can't go home. You will die tonight. Die tonight. Your death, your death. It will bring me closer to your father's fortune, and it will bring you closer to the infinite abyss of pain and suffering. And you know that no salvation awaits you at the eternal slaughter. You will find an eternity of agonizing sorrow, and then, and then, you will awaken from that prison, only to continue in the endless cycle of life. Life and death and death misery misery and torture torture you will be doomed to your own existence for eternity eternity no 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 I awoke to the dim light of the morning still lying within the grave I looked down, and the remains were gone. Dizzy and parched with thirst, I stood weakly to peer out of the grave. With very little will left to carry on, I decided to see this through. What life did I have to go back to anyway? I massaged my temples and took a deep breath before I hoisting myself up and out of the grave. In the light of the day, I could make out the house from the small graveyard. I made my way toward it, feeling stiff and pained. I felt heat upon my face as I walked into the house through the back entrance. I felt it upon my back as I closed the pane glass door. I found myself inside a sun parlor, with many plants here flourishing and beautiful, fauna I'd never seen before. My body and my mind were still in need of rest. I needed to sit and think, but I knew I was not safe, and I had my doubts that things would get any easier from here. Then came the smell. Burning gases or sulfur or some such stench began to emanate from somewhere. The hellish odor was overpowering. I began to feel inexplicably warm. I removed my coat and held it to my nose. I tried to prepare my mind for whatever ungodly horror this place had in store for me next, but I knew it was futile. I was gone now, 
drifting from the edge of reality. You've just been embarking on a journey through the mind of Samuel Watts. Thank you for listening to Mind Estate. Please like us on Facebook and Twitter at Mind Estate. Be sure to tune in for Chapter 4, The Infernal.